This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Kathy Worthington. Welcome to Late Boomers. Today, we are excited to introduce you to Vinny Potestivo, former MTV executive during the network's golden years of unscripted television. He's an Emmy winner and the man behind launching the careers of many celebrities who are household names today. And I'm Mary Elkins. Vinny is known for his approach to brand building and personal brand development. In addition to launching and branding original series, as well as the careers of celebrities, he now hosts and produces the new podcast, I Have a Podcast, that features many of the people he worked with at MTV and other creatives in the entertainment, art, and fashion industries. Welcome, Vinny. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Great to have you. And we want to ask you a little bit about your background. Ooh, get how right you, to it. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> how did get you start? How did you start out in television, and how did that segue to podcasting? Um, is there is there a lesson you learned early that still impacts you? Am, am I still trying to make sense of it all now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, uh, the answer to the question, how did I get into TV? Uh, TV was the single most impactful entertainment medium, other than movies, um, growing up. And I watched TV actively as a child. Um, I'm the oldest of six. Growing up, I was the oldest of four. Television played a big role in um, how I learned mm-hmm. things. You know, a lot about relationships, sexual relationships, mental, emotional relationships, creative relationships. I think of like Bob Ross. How lucky I was to watch a show like Bob Ross where it's just a wonderful slow show of a person painting and you would think that would never make it on air these days and there's <laughs> there's beauty in in air and in space and and television offered that and um in the late 90s when i uh, was in, in college i saw fox news get created I, I mean i was watching tv networks get launched so it just it felt like television was the place to go not, not, not that I, I, I'm a bit of an entertainer. I, you know, there's a part of me that like maybe wanted to be an actor and I, I appreciated entertaining people, but I did, it wasn't worth the sacrifices that it takes to be an, an actor, in my opinion, the, some of them health thing, you know, I didn't want to be told what to eat, what not to eat, when to wake up. Like, there's other things I'm willing to be told to that I'll compromise on, but mm-hmm. you get, <laughs> I'm telling you, trust me, you want to, and, and I, I was able to sort of like build this career where I was able to sort of like lean into my strengths. So, so it was I, my love for TV, but I'm, I'm a, te- I'm kind of a tech data engineer. Like tell being creative wasn't like what I thought I was going to do. Um, I thought I was going to be like a data engineer. I was going to help uh, vi- transcode video and work more in editing and work on sort of the more technical side of, of entertainment. And, 
I think it was like my combination of, of my skills and databases, building good old Microsoft mm-hmm. Excel, you know, good old 1980s Microsoft Word, oh. the, the, the early 90s, you know, Microsoft Word that I, I had that allowed me to excel in casting because I can organize meeting hundreds of people and build spreadsheets. And and I was doing things sort of like um, in, in this analog world of media, understanding the digital capabilities you know the the possibilities but still with a rolodex so i still had a paper rolodex when i got to mtv although i was the guy that went around and showed people how to take their paper rolodexes and turn it into address books and mm-hmm. it's this idea of evolving media that i sort of loved television went through some awesome growth spurt cable digital cable now we're in streaming now there's like the plus war you know discovery plus amazon everything's got a plus it's been, <laughs> it's been fun to sort of be in this in this space and um and it's i got to, and i got to do it at mtv i got to learn you know how to build brands from sharon osborne i got to learn how to mm-hmm. create content from beyonce i got to learn how to be humble and yourself and show up on time from mandy moore and i got to learn these lessons from from people who were way older than me and way younger than me and that was like the the part i loved about it and 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 tv entertainment allowed me to have that experience well tell us what it was like working at during the heyday of mtv's reality shows Oh yeah. Well, I didn't. When I got to MTV in the late '90s, the real world was was there, and there was a show called Rule Rules, and yeah. they they dabbled in unscripted. But my job was to really find the hosts. So it really started with finding celebrity hosts that wanted to, um, that could host, that could be personalities. The cell, the cell was pretty easy when I would call. You know, I, I would I, the cell was easy to a host because I would say, "Would you rather have a four minute video on a show, or would you rather host a thirty minute show?" on MTV. It's a pretty simple, you know, uh, uh, value swap, value value proposition that I'm able to come into. Not not mine, but the one I'm able to present to people. Man, giving people tools to be the best versions of themselves, it 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 was like the MTV that I grew up watching, it felt like the MTV executives gave the cameras to the kids it was like the kids run it let the kids roll with it let them shoot it and it was like anarchy and rock and roll and when i got to mtv it was let's give the celebrities the cameras let's trust they're already creating music videos that were airing let's trust them as storytellers to actually tell their story um and it wasn't easy uh, but it was persistence and mindset. It was Sharon Osbourne being Sharon Osbourne saying, I have an idea for a show. I know you don't understand what I'm, I know you don't understand what I'm talking about, but you have to do it. <laughs> you have to. It's perfect. Like, it's, it's, she's so, so driven. She's, she's such she, a driven. She has the vision. It's the vision. It's consistency. It's mindset over and over and over again. And when 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 MTV didn't wrap their heads around the show, then she was like, well, then we'll do cribs and you know, have, have Jack and Kelly show them. And that was where MTV got real footage of what these two kids could, which is fun just to see Ozzy Osbourne's kids. That was something that we hadn't really explored yet. And we weren't quite mm-hmm. looking into families, you know, uh, of, of, of artists back then. And really M- MTV is very funny about nostalgic artists. You know, they, it's hard to get some older audience artists I should say older art artists, but I should say artists that are not in current youth culture on MTV because it's really hard to educate people. It's really hard to remind them there were boy bands. And then after boy bands, there was Ricky, Ricky Martin. And then after boy bands, there was Justin, you know, they all 
you know know what they know now but i i learned from titans i learned from the people who created I worked with the very same people who launched MTV. Judy McGrath, the president of MTV then, was a graphic designer. And just I just worked with the strongest men and, and, and really women at MTV at the, the time when I got to MTV. Um, and it was new. Uh, and I knew it was new. And, and, and in television, entertainment was kind of burgeoning in New York. You know, New York finance and fashion are the big industries and tell no one really talks about television and cable tv now because of, of unscripted to be honest but otherwise tv is la so huh. um but it was fun and i got to open the door for and lots of people and then stay in the room and and be part not maybe not um express my voice in decisions but be part of the conversations and hear how those decisions were landed on and that 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 exposure to greatness is something i don't take lightly yeah uh did you work on other shows as well yeah uh we had a show called trl total request live which was like uh 3 30 to 4 30 every single day monday through friday kids would rush home from school watch their top 10 videos and it was it was a moment in pop culture especially because there's no social media then it was a moment in pop culture where artists leveraged the live one hour you know slot that we had on mtv to connect with their audience it was really cool to be at the i mean think about the epicenter of pop culture that's a weird thing to think of you know like uh mm -hmm. we think of platforms because people can upload upload your content on the platform is different than come to the studio come to my workplace my studio come to my building to launch a new album to break up a group to launch a new tour to talk about a family and um, the Osbournes was another awesome show that I just loved being ex exposed to the process. Um, Punked with Ashton Kutcher was a big project that um, I loved helping launch and, and developing and, and being part of the talent booking team on that. Uh, Newlyweds with Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey that really, really let the world stop judging Jessica up, stop comparing her to Christina Aguilera and oh. Britney and, and create space a 30 minute show where she can say something like chicken tuna of the sea where, <laughs> and let it resonate. <laughs> and we all have family members that can connect to that. Right. If we're not, and by the way, and if you don't, then that means you're the family member. So, <laughs> right? That's but so it was, good. And then we gave them the space to do that. And there's something really tender about that, that, and that relationship is something, it's an emotional relationship. It's a creative relationship. Uh, after we did uh, newlyweds with Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey, then we also I also helped create uh, the Ashley Simpson show, which launched, you know, her show. So just, it was it's I, I didn't take it lightly, and also knew that I was a really good timing to be at MTV, um, in casting yeah. when reality TV hit. But then I left MTV in '07 because I got to a point where we have this thing in the industry called LMNO, leave my name off. So like I'll do the work, but I don't want credit. Don't put my name on. Don't put my name on this show. So there was a couple oh. of shows that came up where I was like, mm, this feels like uh, not what I've been like. Not why. Not why I fight. You know, not what my fight's all about here. So, um, oh. and I felt like it was time. It was time to. It was. To, I dropped into my Mufasa voice. It was time to go. <laughs> I had to be released into the wild and. And then, and then I went and cast Housewives of Jersey and <laughs> everything else that was on Bravo for ten years later. Um, but by the way, but in, in my strength, I'm a New Yorker. I'm I'm a I'm an Italian boy from Staten Island, 
finding women in New Jersey is no problem, but, but tapping into <laughs> a, a family that was super cool. I never thought that family would put on, you know, I never thought they would quite do what they, <clears throat> I will just say, I'm not sure didn't... what you're referring to right this we second. Don't, yeah. We don't quite, we don't quite do some of those Bravo and those Bravo lytics you know, on oh. TV, but oh, those, okay. those, those housewives and the, and this stuff, but it's been cool to see and to be a part of people claiming their narrative reality tv helped me help people who were in their second third fourth fifth stage of their career retired come back reclaim their story you know we wanted to ask you a little bit more about the celebrity careers that you launched oh yeah so i wonder can you i I, you mentioned jessica simpson certainly but what else who else um well i love i i love talking about mandy moore um, oh, Mandy, yeah. Mandy's a really, a really special person and, and was a, one of the first, um, people that I got to work with at MTV. She was 15. Um, we were looking, you know, Brittany, there were, there was this like surge of pop stars, female pop stars, teen pop stars that was coming up. So MTV knew they wanted somebody to represent that genre of music. And we auditioned Jessica and the bunch, but, but it was Mandy who just taught you know, I mean, oh, my heart just fluttered. Like what a wise woman who she even feels old beyond her age now even even in her oldest form of rebecca on this is us Mm -hmm. she's always just like beyond her age she was that way at 15. she she, it was my job to make sure she was on time i never once had to ask her where she was she was like want want me to get coffee for you when like uh, she was always looking out for me um she taught me to show up for myself when no one else would show up for myself she taught me to ask for help when I didn't know what I was doing and that it's okay to ask for help. And and also that asking for help gives somebody the opportunity to have a relationship with you and and be a part of that journey, that piece that you're, you know, that piece that you're looking to achieve. They're, well, they're a part of, of you. They're part of the alchemy. Hearing yeah. about her like this makes me think they maybe created that character, knowing oh, yeah. all that about her. Because yeah. she, here she plays all these different ages and she's very, very wise. She really is. Yeah. And it just rings true right yeah yeah i mean yeah she's she, she she's she's reposting joni mitchell on instagram you know what oh. i mean like that's a it's a great it's a great role model for young 30 something year old moms for teens for any age to be exposed to just and, and she's just so respectful and so so i learned and and we were very um exposed like we had a lot of time to, together um in the early part of our career and I've, have, I've stayed very close since then and when it was time for me to launch my podcast um you know a lot many people would say don't don't reach out to you know the big ones yet because you kind of want to be great you know so that they really help push you over and i was like what no if, i need mandy to be in my first podcast because i'm terrified if, if I have Mandy Moore on my first episode, no one's going to worry about the questions I ask. They're only going right. to listen to her answers. I was like, this is, yeah. this is so easy. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. She's a force. And yeah. She's done so well. Does anybody else come to mind? Yeah. And she, you know, and she, and she fights for our rights and she shows up in ways that are, yeah. you know, are really, imp- that, are, that are really impactful and important. Um, I think the Osbournes, I loved, you know, I mean, Sharon's had a t- an up and down relationship um, with the media, Kelly Osborne and Jack, I got to work really closely with, um, you know, for, for a, many people in the younger demographic, they represent, a, they represent fashion, they represent individuality, 
um there's sort of like this like queer lgbtq spectrum around kelly that of, of acceptance i think they stepped into like their strength that's really it's really kind of neat to see um how people were able to create these worlds on in, in reality TV or whatever, and then and then and, and show that those worlds were, were were possible, and that's what changes reality, is 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 the fact that that we're seeing these changes happen. That that changes our perception of reality. Well, it's really interesting you say that because in a way, reality TV helped them step into their strengths. Yeah, it gave them an opportunity to put a timeline to a decision. Make, giving them the opportunity to make decisions that change their life unequivocally. What the amplifier is, is when we air it, letting people see the decisions that were made and the actions that were taken from those conversations or the opportunity for that change to happen. That That's where reality has changed. That's where reality TV serves as a tool to bring communities together. When, when you start talking about, about the possibilities that people can do as opposed to just fun functioning on their actions. Wow. Well, what qualities do you look for in a performer and what can artists do to stand out to increase their chances of getting discovered? Oh, I love that. Well, okay. So this is a, this is a two, this is a great question twofold. First off to increase your chances of being discovered. I would say, um, I would say, ask, ask, where do you stand out? Ask, ask yourself, where do you want to be found? Some people are, I don't want to say use the word desperate. I would say are eager to be discovered, but have no idea of why they want to be discovered, what they want to be discovered for. Um, on the flip, you know, on the flip side of this to my, to my single friends, you know, who are looking for, you know, for something I always say to them, be careful who you're looking for, because you're going to find them, you're going to find them, you're going to find them. <laughs> So if you're looking for someone who, you know, doesn't drink and doesn't party, then don't don't go out to the clubs looking, you know, don't don't look for for that. And and I, I think I think um, that's one thing. Where do you stand out? Uh, the second part is. Um, I don't know, I, I think I want to say, like, maybe I would say, like, living living generously is a weird way to say it, but like. So, so many creatives are very sensitive about about getting paid at certain times for like words or posts where they feel like they they have ownership over sentences and if someone else copies that sentence like as if they as if they created the words or the sentence themselves there's a lot of interesting ownership that I'm seeing in this like creative space I think I was lucky to work at MTV where I took for granted how creative I was, I can go around telling everyone my ideas because there weren't many platforms that could actually move on those ideas. So I can tell you, hey, you should have a show about XYZ, knowing that we're the only network that's doing that right now. So you can come back to me and pitch the show to me. We sort of, that's exactly how I worked um, there. Yeah, so, nowadays and, and, people just launch it on YouTube themselves. Yeah. And not even tell anybody you gave them the idea. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and there and 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 by the way, I have I'll say this: I have way I have really I don't know. This sounds weird. I have really good ideas and not enough time to execute them. I'm not going down, not sharing those ideas. I will keep sharing my ideas if I think they can be impact. Usually, my ideas stem from a need. By the way, my ideas stem from a new platform, a new tool, a new device, a new opportunity that I see that I can come in and make a change. I can move the needle. 
on a word, whether that's impact, inspire, ignite, I can move the needle, you know, on there. But I'm, I'm always looking in terms of how to get discovered. I'm, I'm looking for ways to impress. Um, uh, you know, I'm a podcaster, so why should I have gifts on Jiffy? I'll tell you why, because if you type in LinkedIn podcast on Jiffy or you type in my name on Jiffy and it's now now I pop up, my face pops up, headphones pop up. I'm in LinkedIn. You see the microphone. I have all this visual branding of it. So you might be on Jiffy and be like, how how did you become like the face of like LinkedIn on Jiffy? And I'm like, because I I put the tag in. I just I just did the work. I just showed up and, you know, I I, put it in there. And and that's just a little place where I'll stand out, you know, as opposed to in this pod. I'm not a top one. Okay, here's another thing. I'm not a top 100 podcast on Apple Podcasts. I I, I love to be and I can't wait to be. And by the way, I will see you two there. We'll be there a year, two years. Mm-hmm. I want you to know my strategy right now, and this is in action, is doing guesting on podcasts that I confidently feel like I would love to be surrounded by next year when I've broken through where I want to be in podcasting. But now I am loving the growth part of it. You asked earlier, how do I create stars? When I got to MTV, I didn't work with Madonna and I was going to Madonna and Tina Turner and Michael Jackson and Garth Brooks. I'm trying to think of really big stars. I didn't. I worked with the new ones. I worked with Mandy Moore and Jessica Simpson and Ricky Martin and Jennifer Lopez, like the people who were literally coming out with their first albums ever. 20 years later, oof. Mm-hmm. What great relationships. What a great ride. Yeah. What, my, or, imagine my orbit in this mm-hmm. universe. Yeah, be surrounded by talent. And that's that's a big part of what I'm doing here. And too. they're the big names now. And and I I've my 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 life light I hate my life strategy has always been to surround myself with talent. I feel I don't know if it's true, but I feel funnier when I hang out with comedians. I think I'm a better singer when I hang out with singers. I think I'm actually smarter <laughs> when I'm in an academic situation. Um, uh, uh, maybe yeah. it allows me to you focus know, Lionel, and hone Lionel in. Lionel Richie had a great line: "You um, are who you hug." Oh, I love that. Oh, yes. So that's you great. Be around the people that yes. you want to be like and and be seen like and all that. And I wanted to ask you, how do you brand a show or a pitch for a show so that it stands out? Oh yeah. I mean, it's it starts it starts from the first email or the call, you know. It's it's the way you set the tone. It's the it's the way it's, you know, so think of a wedding for example. How do you set the tone for a wedding? Is it the actual wedding that sets the tone? No. There's an invite that sets the tone. There's a save the date that sets the tone. There's a website that sets the tone. There's my life journey that sets the tone. Social media with us as a relationship that sets the tone. So so to answer your question, how do I set the tone for a successful pitch? And one, in social media, I'm mindful about what I post. I want people to, to know I'm fun. I'm used to get a lot of levity working with me. And I certainly have a whimsical, fun way of looking at things, but a very unique way of seeing things. Also, I don't think small, I think big. I don't think about how I'm going to help you make one episode because a lot of people can help you make one episode. I think about how can I help you make 10,000 episodes. Mm. That's something that maybe other people can't do. And again, that's me thinking about how can I be different? How can I stand out a little bit? You know, what what can I do that only I can do that that and 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 also um and I and like I said earlier, I I love being in the front of of the conversation. I tend to do one thing once. And I didn't cast many housewife shows and I didn't cast yeah, the, I, actually, family shows is my thing. So in the scripted, a lot, a lot of versions of Osbournes, I'll be honest, um, uh-huh. which is just 
it was just, just function over dysfunction, you know, it, it, <laughs> it was, it, it works. Yeah. It works, the function know. won over. Yeah. Yeah. Function. Yeah. I think, oh, you know, it's, Hey, it's a cycle. And if you notice that and you realize that, then there'll be, you know, times that we're in market and then there'll be times where, you know, we're, we're now that there's social media and so many other forms of digital media, you know, you got there, but, but so, so some of it really is me strategically communicating um, what I'm seeing in the marketplace, like on LinkedIn, I talk about the podcast. I specifically talk about the amount of podcasts that are turned to broadcast. Um, in 2006, I converted my first podcast into into a TV show. I love dropping that 2006 date. That's yeah, a I long can even time show, ago. I can even show you the. I had a two a two page deck where I was like, MTV should have a podcasting department. It should fall under talent, and we should use audio to develop. You know, it was like. They were like, what are you talking about? They didn't even have a social media department then. Now they've, they've caught up now, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. I hope so. so. I'm sure I love that you're bringing Mary and me along with you in the next couple of years. Yeah. yeah absolutely. We should all be hugging. Yeah, because yes. we, we just hit our 101 episodes. So, oh, right. Yeah, we're like triple now digits. in the yep, verified we're triple era. digits and moving on to the, the 200 now. That's we're, congratulations. We're, now we're in the Thank smaller you. group. Yeah, exactly. Going. What is it? Three percent of podcasts reach a hundred episodes. Wow. Mm -hmm. I think it's and point point three percent. Wow. It's fifteen thousand right now out of four point one two million in the world. In the world, Globally. yeah. Wow. Fifteen thousand wow, 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 have wow, hit a hundred wow. episodes. Yeah. So we're coming with you. We'll yeah, I like that. I think I'm at episode twenty one on I'm at episode twenty one on my podcast, but as Yay, a podcast guest, you... I'm over one hundred. Oh. But oh, for a podcaster, wow. yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations well, on that. It takes time oh, to gosh, do I both. Love that. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, Can but you... it's a lot easier being a guest because you don't have to edit and all. You know, yeah. as long as you show up and you do the work and you're prepared to talk about and you have your talk points and you're not a blabber and you know you know you're focused. Because <laughs> these conversations can go, you know, can go all over the place and 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 everyone wants to be friends and sometimes people really focus on being cordial and nice and and then that's like where the value kind of falls through. So, but it's hard yeah, work being. A, it's hard work being a guest tell you that too it's mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> knowing how you want to show up what you want to talk about and how you set the tone some, yeah being respectful in someone else's podcast by the way uh because i love this question about about uh, and i still haven't answered it fully about um making a successful pitch you never really asking for uh I, I like in tv i would never at the end of a pitch say so do you want to buy it like i would never set myself up for an answer that could be no i'm always so here are the facts this is what we're doing we have a couple of meetings later this week we're looking for a production partner we'll offer it to be you let us know what you think can i send you any other information can i give you a tape can i give you more stats on what we talked about does your team would your team like to have a follow-up call with us where we can talk more but i would never say so do you want it you know, mm -hmm. leave, sales leave 101. Open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and then here, and I just learned this late. I learned this late, sales 102. This is my late lesson I learned. <laughs> when you make the sale, then stop. Don't mm -hmm. have another project that you want to sell. Don't try to sell, just stop. You will get another meeting at another time where it's right, but just stop after the first sale. It's really important one to uh, acknowledge and honor that sale. It's kind of really special when mm -hmm. you do get the green light. Um, and and oftentimes people think, well, they, they liked it, so I thought maybe they'd want more. If time, time will allow. 
and and if you're rushing then they'll feel it and we have to be mindful of time so well, that, um, with, that with leads, mindset. Yeah. That leads me into a question about the corporate clients you've had because, um, and obviously you have worked with brand development with corporations, mm -hmm. a number of them, I, I gather. Can you talk about branding them versus celebrities? Is it the same or different? That's interesting. Yeah, well, it's different because like with a brand like Macy's, for example, that doesn't have one clear face you know, it's dif it's difficult because um, there obviously isn't a singular point of view or a singular voice, you know, as opposed to um, Peter Thomas Roth. I don't know if you know the, the skincare line, Peter Thomas Roth. Um, and Peter is an, a wonderful man, and, and he, he is a great example of a founder-led business where it's a little bit more comparable to a celebrity. So, so twofold. One with founder-led businesses ceos experts people it, it's about the the uh, it's about the mechanism that you can create to build audience and how you can use those multiple audiences to create community meaning how do you know that you're creating an instagram audience and a facebook audience that are different because there are slightly different topics you're focusing on maybe a, a hyaluronic moisturizing conversation on instagram and on facebook maybe you're talking about um, a brilliant serum or a vitamin c or something uplifting now you take these two products these two audiences and bring them in to the mega sale the qvc mega sale where where fans from both products have the ability to participate in that world there's exciting excitement there that's a, that's kind of salesy what i do with peter is come in and say but peter why did you make it big he's like well i made the hyaluronic big to be honest my his mom would ask, ask for a lot of it he's like so i just gave me he made her a super size and i was like that's that's your answer if it was good enough for mom it's certainly good enough for the rest of the people who are spending 70 100 150 whatever the whatever that qvc pay is however that works that's a brilliant story. That's a brilliant way in and humanizes very personal. You. Yeah, it humanizes you and like, so I, I'm 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 a very emotional person, you know, a, a marketer when it comes to that. And in the same way with brands, um, when Macy's needed to get to their first million on Facebook, I was hired to help create something called the Macy's Million Dollar Makeover. What I had to do was create a casting mechanism that brought people to Facebook where they were required to follow Macy's on Facebook so that they could be eligible to apply for this casting. So that was the strategy was at the top of the gate, if they want to apply, they have to follow. And then Macy's was already happy because now they just got to follow. That's all they really wanted for in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But through the rest of the through the rest of the funnel, the actual activation we did, then I would find the my, through through sort of traditional casting, the people who could qualify and then ultimately help help someone win a million dollars to create a product. Ultimately something that Macy's um uh, picked up and ran with Macy's took that idea and then sold it to TLC did a time buy and turned it into a TV show they didn't even sell it as a as a show and release the rights they produced it owned it themselves bought the time put it on TLC you know and aired it so that to me that emotional way that I helped Macy's connect with the audience very similar to what I kind of did with Peter I, I built a media vehicle I built I built framework for some type of conversation some type of action some type of movement and then um, allowed for the community the audience to either directly participate in it meaning call up and ask questions interact you know on social media with peter or with macy's for example like actually go in and submit information and, and fill out forms and 
uh, apply with a video and be be seen on television and and, and ultimately uh, uh macy's continued by the way uh doing that project for I think five years so it was a, it was a good thing wow. but it's, it's all wow. about for me it's about the lifestyle it's about yeah. it's about why if, <laughs> why would i bring macy's into my living room why would i bring peter thomas roth into my living room? oh because he's a nice guy he talks about his mom he like cares about her so like i'll let you i'll let you meet my mom in my living room you're nice macy's <laughs> do you care about my family yeah you're going to give someone a million dollars to make their life better we're going to go through people who have given up a lot to get to where they are because they care so much about the quality of product i get behind that I, it's and and i think I, I get behind that as a as a creative those are those are the projects that get me excited and i think that that's or i hope that that's why people watch it i'm, I'm trying to get mm -hmm. them excited them interested you know, use Samsung. I gave away a private island for Samsung. It's all about lifestyle. It's to me, it's always been about lifestyle. Um, what I liked about Bravo, especially recently, was Bravo used to be all just only ultra rich, sort of flashy, and it had this like reputation for only being like rich category. And working closely with them, how they would describe it is it's a it's an achieved, earned category. Like these are women who sought a specific type of lifestyle, whether it's ridiculously over the top billions or a couple of millions or a couple of hundred thousands, they still went to tremendous lengths to be able to own the life that they have and and the, the surroundings around them. Hmm. And that's been, it's been cool. It's been cool to see, see, see that change and, and react. And the audience shapes that, you know, TV takes cues from the audience. That's that's us, the audience giving feedback. That's by the way, in television, the, they, what I've been taught is like the female controls the remote control. So um, <laughs> it's, it's the, that's the oh, sacred well. way in, that's the sacred <laughs> way in. Uh, maybe <laughs> that depends if you're married or not. Yeah. Well, I know all the way through, I'll tell you, I, 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 every network, you know, it's funny, Bravo uh, is obviously traditionally female skewing, but because in the NBC portfolio, there are no other channels that are in the wealth category that Bravo's in. Bravo had to open up their viewership to allow for more men because oh they wanted more premium luxury products and services to be advertised for men. So what they actually did, it was they went back to the housewives, looked at the husbands, and usually in one of the housewives, every housewife episode, there's usually a scene where the guys are playing poker or they're outside smoking and they have like their moment, you know, wherever it is, literally just for the husbands, for the people, for the men who are watching that show who don't connect to those female centric characters um, so that they, uh, they have something to watch. And then you'll notice the commercials before and after are very, very specifically male targeting. <laughs> and I have a different question. Yeah. How does an actor change their image and grow? And can you tell us how you did that with some of the celebrities you helped pivot into other directions, other shows? Oh, yeah, that's a cool one. By the way, I, the first person I'm thinking of is, is Beyonce. Um, I was lucky to get to cast Beyonce in her first featured role ever. Um, uh, MTV did a version of Carmen. Uh, a hip hopera, it was actually called. Oh, a, a hip hopera. Hip, a hip hopera. <laughs> hip so this is speaking. You know, I'm like a musical theater arts and enriched guy meets music. So this is definitely my my vocabulary. And and here's the coolest thing: when 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 you give an artist like Beyonce the tools of character development, not only do you get a brilliant, superb performance in that film, but she takes those lessons with her. And uh, like one of the most rewarding 
stories that I love talking about working with Beyonce is that is that in casting her in Carmen a hip opera is where she learned the true art of character development. She created this character called Sasha Fierce, which is actually the character she puts into her mind when she steps on stage as the Beyonce that we all know. So that she created an alter ego that she can step into comfortably and also remove herself from comfortably. And and I just love that that she did that and she shared that experience. And I just never thought that putting Beyonce in a movie would ever in any way make her a better performer. I'm not saying I'm not saying I made her a better performer, but that she would learn something on set that she can take that was that big. You know, mm-hmm. I mean that's that that's mindset is a big thing to play around with. I'm very sensitive when I'm sharing strategies and information and ideas. I, I really don't like to rock mindset too much. Um, and, and play sweetly into making sure these projects are successful. But but I saw that change and catapult her career. And, um, the you know, and I've seen reality stars that, you know, I've seen reality stars use acting as a medium and people don't even know they're reality stars. They don't even, politicians that, well, I'm not saying any one specific po- <laughs> figure, but non-presidential political figures that are also like real worlders and they're, you know they're, they're so they they have you're known for your last hit let me just put it that way mm-hmm. right whether you're an actor a personality yeah. an expert a producer you're known for your last hit if if you do if you have two of the same if you're a baseball player and your last two hits were the same then you're going to be the guy who always hits left field you know you're always because that's the category you fit into so that's why for me i like doing everything once uh seen as someone <laughs> who likes to being in front of the conversation not the housewife casting guy or the celebrity branding guy or any of those things that um, I might get comfortable in being. So you like to pivot and grow too. That's it's, good. it's, it's yeah. so challenging and rewarding, but challenging. I podcast, look, my, I, I've been talking to people and interviewing them for 25 years on camera, but I edit my voice out. Yeah. Like my skill for 25 years has been ask questions, get them to say everything, remove your voice. And then basically I hand the network a monologue of you oh. just saying, oh, sound bites, sound bites, sound bites, t- narrating the story. And it makes sense because I've set it up that way, but I removed my voice. So, so learning to use my voice. That's why I think I love podcast guesting. And too, you have a gorgeous voice. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> you really Thank do. You. You oh, that's do. awesome. You're oh, perfect thanks. for podcasting. It is. Well, Any announcement. Then- if, uh, then I'll tell Voice my younger overs. self that. That's the message I'm sending to my younger self. Well, that. let's talk it, about your podcast yeah. called I Have a Podcast. Yeah, it is. And it runs both in audio and, as you mentioned, it has a companion video. Yeah, yeah. So I Have a Podcast is available as a podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. I Have a Podcast on TV is available on Comcast, Cox, uh, Verizon, and about a half dozen um, uh, AVODs, Advertising Video on Demand Networks. Uh, I take the about five, 10 minutes of my interview from my celebrities and I sit down with HD footage and talk to creators. And uh, I think of it as like uh, inside the actor studio for the modern creator, which applies to all of us, whether you are a podcaster, an influencer, uh, a CEO who uses social media to get out brand messaging, uh, a manager who's managed, you know, what, what, anyone who's using a creative medium to get information out there. And um, and I, I, it's been fun ripping off, you know, the Band-Aid and going back. <laughs> you know, you you just, you, you, 
so much of what happened isn't anywhere online or on social media. So the versions of the stories that I've told myself have turned into very interesting stories. So like, it's been fun comparing notes, um, you know, remembering, you know, uh, being on the red carpet, seeing Jennifer Lopez in that green dress for the first time. And like, we can talk about the conversations we had and didn't have and, 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 and then also just see where we've come. And I think I was really lucky to, again, to be at MTV at the right time, right place. But I worked hard to get the people into that into that network that 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 were there, and and those relationships prevailed, and and the, the podcast has been a really fun way to to go back and and make sense <laughs> make sense of it all. Well, what's your mission on the podcast? To create, to inspire, to ignite conversation, to inspire creativity that that impacts conversation, that impacts community. Um, I love helping creators find, you know, so so I, so for example, um, one of the ways that I'm standing out right now online is my podcast, you know, so so there's a website called IMDB and the Internet Movie Database. It's where you go to see your TVs and films and actors and, you know, Spielberg, Clint Eastwood, all big, big names are on that. Tom Cruise, big names are on that. And for years, it's only been TV and film. And as of two years ago, they've been letting podcasts. Podcasts are an approved media medium that can be credited on IMDb. You don't watch it on IMDb. That's Amazon Play. You watch it on Amazon Play. But 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 there's a digital credits, the, the host, the editing, the producer, the writer. Um, if you're working with a designer, there, there are a lot of people, a lot of actions we take as podcasters that aren't converted into digital data points. And by being on IMDB, it lets you tell Google exactly who was on your podcast. Hmm. Not, by the way, Facebook don't know who was on your podcast just because every single week we put out new podcast episode with so-and-so and blah, blah. They, they don't know the total breadth. That's, and Facebook doesn't work as a search engine the way that like YouTube and Google do right now. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so by the way, we created a free resource because I'm so, so passionate about this. Uh, AudioLinked.com. So audio, A-U-D-I-O, and then the word linked, L-I-N-K-E-D. AudioLinked.com. And there's a, a, a free sort of literally step-by-step -step instructional of um, how to upload your podcast. Uh, the podcast needs to have been something that already aired. And I can just go on and on and on about the benefits. Uh, the biggest one for me is that I can list every guest that was ever on my podcast, which means that I, my podcast is on Mandy Moore's webpage and, and Jamie Lynn Sigler's webpage and on, on the talent that I, so there's, there's a whole level of discoverability for me um, wow. that wasn't there either. And, and it talks to Google. So it, it changes your, if yeah. you type in, I have a podcast on Google right now, my podcast comes up on the top because of this move and think about how many people in this world say those words i have a podcast it's why I need my podcast. <laughs> right. you all say it. it's like I, I thought what am i going to name it that people will remember i'm like oh so you, you do usually it's an idiom like i'll take an idiom and change it slightly you think you've heard it but you you didn't you know it's a, my take on it and sometimes I can just be really literal, like, you know, the, the Osbournes. It is what it is, you know. And this, or this, I have a podcast. I have a podcast and I have a podcast on TV. And I'm clunky so you can track it. I want you to see what I'm doing with it, the capabilities and possibilities of it. And and by the way, I have a I have, and I'm working with sponsors and I'm working with 
brands now that I'm able to tie in, not as advertisers. And I'll never, I, I, I'll never have advertisers on my podcast just because I already worked in advertising-driven content. So I don't want my podcast to be subject to advertising scrutiny. Um, so that that's a big part of of, of how I, I created the infrastructure to my podcast. But I also did it in a way where I can work with brands there. I can talk about them in podcasts or on my live social audios or we'll talk about some of the people you're going to interview. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, Let's see. So uh, Diane von Furstenberg, uh, working with her, bringing, you know, it's funny to think that there's a whole generation that didn't know the wrap dress. And I got to bring the rap dress and Diane to the E audience, the E network, and put them in front of, you know, a whole millennial audience that now has respect for the Diane von Furstenberg brand. It's so, it's cool. You know, you forget about Mm. how it goes from, oh, the rap dress is for my older sister to, oh, the rap dress is for my mom. You're like, no, no, the rap dress is for you. Let's go back. Let's go back and bring it back to to how, how I can make it relatable to you. Um, that one, uh, Jamie Lynn Sigler, I have, another, I have a big full episode coming out with Jamie Lynn Sigler um, from The Sopranos. We talk about um, her ups and downs in podcasting, her ups and downs with MS, um, mm-hmm. ma- managing being a mother with MS and a podcaster with, with multiple podcasts and, and so much going on. Um, uh, Danielle Fischel, she was a, uh, an actress in a, in a show called Boy Meets World in the 80s and the early 90s um, that I sort of grew up with her. Uh, she played Topanga on the show and, and she's been a, a force. So just just really strong people. I guess most of them women, to be really honest, but that's just a reflection of who, who I worked with and who, who I was really closest with, mm-hmm. you know, at MTV during the time that I was there. And, and I also think it's a really important time for those stories to get out. So there's there's a lot of mindfulness to that as well and can you talk a little bit about diversity in the media and what you've done to impact it whoa that's a great question um i was lucky to be at mtv after yo mtv raps was created yo mtv raps was the first hip-hop show the first rap show i should say on mtv uh that was created in 95 i got to mtv in 98 in 99 Uh, i bring that up because mtv at that point was just like new york city it was literally a cultural hodgepodge it was they were actively going out looking for edm music and rock music and hard rock music and pop music and boy bands and like like every genre of music under the sun latin music every genre of music under the sun and and eventually um those genres and those hours of videos turned into full networks so I was at MTV when we launched MTV Trace. I was at MTV when we launched MTVU for the for the college universities. Uh, almost about 20 international MTV affiliates were launched during my time there. My job was to create the SOP, the, the standard operating procedure for a talent development department. What, what was a department that was focused on connecting with talent and harboring ideas and creating and nurturing ideas? How, how does that work from a company perspective, yet with every territory it would be a different version of pop culture the sensibility is different you know the product is different because the culture is the culture is different um and i worked with giants i worked with giants i, I got to bring nick cannon to mtv who was a, a very very famous young comedian on nickelodeon at the time and we brought him to mtv and nurtured a show called uh wild and out and wild and out has been 
pretty much the tentpole show for young comedians. And, and I, I say young urban comedians, meaning like having a sort of like city street, like a, a New York City, like a, a sort of like high city, you know, vibe to them. Um, but it's it's launched an insane amount of of talent, um, let alone strong female comedians, um, Asian comedians, black comedians, just vo voices that were really important. And it didn't stop in com comedy and it didn't stop in fashion. Um, it went all the way up to news and, and the people we cast in news were, and I did, I didn't know this then, like, but casting Sujin Pak as an MTV news correspondent meant that she was the first ever Korean American newscaster on the network. And, and I knew, I knew we needed her likeness and I knew, actually, I knew we needed her, her likeness was important. And she brought her likeness, her story into journalism in a way that I wasn't even expecting it to happen where, where she herself became and her perspective, her point of view became part of the story hmm. and, and finding people who had that vulnerable, you know, cause I, 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 I wasn't setting out to change news, you know, I don't, I don't know, but, but those people we put into position, they certainly did because they brought their culture, their language, their point of view and, and their producerial chops. They like produce content that changed, the language so and i listen you just listen by the way you sure do listen when you're a staff employee at a network sometimes that i would you know i had a cast shows that i might not know the genre of music um i never pretended like i did i always found experts who knew it i would call the music directors at at late at net radio networks if that was the genre i was mm -hmm. going on or i would call up you know comedy club owners if i was looking for some type of com you know i i wasn't the person trying to by the way, I'm not going out looking for a needle in the haystack. Are you crazy? I'm going out looking for somebody who knows where the needle is. And then, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and that's that outlier sort of perspective. Somebody with a very strong magnet. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. That's exactly yeah. it. And by the way, yeah. and then, but that person becomes part of the discovery. Mm -hmm. I, I share that discovery with that. Like we got them on the show. That's, a, I love that. I, I don't take that for granted. Discovering people, that's the coolest feeling in the world. Oh, yeah. Is there anything you'd like to add for our listeners as a takeaway today? Oh, God. Oh, no, because I, I, we've gone long. Just discoverability. I, I'll leave it at this. Discoverability is so important. People think that celebrities don't wake up every day thinking about discoverability. They think that because they're celebrities, they automatically get discovered, which is not the case. This is why they have to win awards. This is why they have to do news articles and be on magazine covers and, and, and by the way, multiple magazine covers. And then when they do a fitness cover, we're like, whoa, they lost, you know, but here again, I'm talking about finding ways to be impressive in the narrative. So just, just be constantly working on discovery. Um, Discovery to me is exposure, which I think we all know, but with action. If there's no action to your exposure, if there's no subscribe to my podcast, click this button here. If there's no action, then exposure is entertainment. And that's okay, by the way. It's okay to entertain. But if you're looking to be discovered, make sure you're attaching action to your exposure uh -huh. and you will be a much happier. Your net will be a much fruit, more fruitful more fruitful <laughs> uh it'll be a more bountiful catch you know um <laughs> i love that that's great thank yeah, cool. you our guest today on late boomers has been vinnie potestivo 
master of corporate branding and the trailblazer who developed and pioneered some of TV's most iconic reality shows and helped launch the careers of celebrities in the golden years of unscripted television. And he now hosts and produces the podcast, I Have a Podcast. You can listen to Vinny's podcasts on IHaveAPodcast.com and you can reach him on his website, vpa.tv, on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Vinny. Thank you. And we want to remind our listeners also to please follow us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and at Late Boomers. Drop us a line on our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z, and please subscribe to our Late Boomers podcast on your favorite platform. Thanks again, Vinny. Thank you. for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.